Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Around the Traps, a special collaboration between Talking League and Supercoach Whisperer. Jason Robson here in the host chair for episode four that we're recording on Saturday, the 4th of February. We're getting ever so closer to the start of the pre-season challenge, and that means there's plenty to talk about this week. But before we do, let's get the crew involved. From Talking League, we've got none other than TK. Mate, how are? Doing good, Jace. Good to see your face, man. And unfortunately, we're one member down, but still ready to rock and roll. Plenty to talk about here, mate. Yeah, that's right. Obviously, Josh has been training the house down too much, so he's redlined it, and he's unavailable this week, but have no fear, folks. He'll be back next week. Like TK said, plenty to talk about. We'll get straight into it, starting with the reigning premiers, the Penrith Panthers, and TK, one of their rep stars, is unlikely to be available for the World Club Challenge against St. Helens in yeah, a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's news that Liam Martin's suffering a shoulder injury, so it'll be interesting just to see how they kind of manage him and how close he'll be for round one. Of course, there's a bit of a you know, a challenge between Luke Garner and then also Zach Hosking at the moment, but probably would probably suggest that both guys might start. So it'll be interesting to see who takes the right edge because generally if you take the right edge, that might mean that you're probably behind in terms of the reckoning for the left edge. So that might actually work in our favour to work out who is the number one. But obviously we'll just be looking for more news in terms of like how long it's going to be. But again, when you suffer a shoulder injury in the preseason. Who knows how many times this might actually happen during the actual normal season. And both guys are actually very, very well priced for fantasy, so that might work in our favour. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said there, with the AC joint injury, we saw what that did to Payne Haas last year in terms of setting him back several times during the season. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do line up. But again, it's also tricky in pre-season because you just don't know what rotation that they'll roll with uh, leading into round one. And Ivan Cleary has come out and said that he's going to be very, very cautious with any players that have got niggles during the pre-season, which is obviously a very prudent approach with uh, you know 27 rounds ahead of them. So, yeah, it remains to be seen uh, whether Garner or Hosking will line up on that left edge. But whoever does in that first game, I think you pretty much lock them in uh, in your round one super coach or fantasy side. Now, TK, we're going to head to your boys in the Shire. And as we know, Lockie Miller finally got himself to the Knights. But unfortunately, on the same day, uh, we found out that another fullback that is still on the roster at the Sharks uh, suffered a severe injury. Yeah, timing. Just such weird timing. You know, we released one guy to, you know, obviously get first grade time up at the Knights. You mentioned his name, Lockie Miller. And Kay Dykes was seriously challenging Will Kennedy for that first grade spot. He re-signed with us, rejecting both the Dolphins and Bulldogs. So Fitzy really rates him highly. You know, obviously we saw him at the back end of last year before he actually got injured. Super talented player. Probably will mould more into a 5-8 moving forward, but in terms of depth, that's going to be interesting for the Sharks moving forward. At the moment, we've got Kyle Iro, who actually played Cook Island's fullback, and he's actually in the development squad, so I actually think we've got a couple of spots left to fill, so I'll be, be very surprised if he doesn't move into the top 30 for round one. They've signed Daniel Atkinson, and he's come over from the Sunshine Coast, and I can see in your notes. But I guess Connor Tracy can also play there. At a pinch, Nico Hines can play there. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Will Kennedy, not the actual most fantasy-relevant player, but Kyle Eero is. So if anything was to happen to Will Kennedy, definitely keep the name of Kyle Eero onto your radar because he has a very fantasy-relevant game in terms of tackle busts, the way he carries the ball, the way he scores tries. Also comes with a huge amount of pedigree. He's the son of Manly legend Kevin Eero. So, yeah, be on the lookout for that. But the Sharkies, I wouldn't say they're in trouble, but it's one of those things that they'll be kind of praying for the health of Will Kennedy for most of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And I think super coach and fantasy players will be as well, particularly those that are going for Nico Hines. Uh, you know, the thing that you want with him is you just want him to be playing the same position every week. And, you know, he scored 130 in fantasy last year playing that hybrid role in one game, but that was a one-off. Uh, I think you just want him in that nice, solid role. 
if you're going to go for him with round one. And now, speaking of Hines, this week he um, had a little bit of time with Dan Carter, and I guess it wasn't that unique because Nathan Clary also had some time with him as well. Yeah, it's kind of thrown a bit of a spanner in the works there. Like, who is actually, you know, Dan Carter's favourite? Like, now both of them are probably going to be kicking like 85%. Just uh, how do they get even better, especially when it comes to Cleary with his torpedoes and his long kicking. I can see probably where the improvement happens with Nico Hines because he's relatively new still to the halfback position, only playing there in first grade one year. But great to see the guys kind of stepping out of their comfort zone, getting someone who is, you know, one of the best of all time in his sport, being Dan Carter and also all black. So yeah, it's great to see that even though the boys, one's coming off a Dally M and the other one's the Australian and New South Wales halfback, that they don't sit on their laurels and they just continue to want to improve. So huge things in terms of character. And yeah, for both guys, I think you just pick who you want to build your team around and then go from there. Yeah, absolutely. And I sort of spoke about Hines in an article I released this week in terms of you know looking at him being a great option if you don't want to go with Cam Murray like I am. But uh, we'll roll into the next story, TK. And this was one that released last Saturday after we recorded the pod and it was the Bulldogs. They've announced their leadership group for 2023. Mm. Very, very interesting. They've got a really cool kind of series happening on YouTube as well. So it's called The Kennel. They've done a couple of episodes where they go on camp, and it's great to see the boys really kind of rallying around themselves, growing closer as a team, and it looks like they love their new coach, Cameron Seraldo. You know, Ray Fertella Mariner, great to see him finally injury-free. He, he might be a, a pretty interesting prospect. He is kind of at that awkward price, but if you're kind of looking to separate yourself in terms of all the edges, 560K, to start the season, obviously not a an origin player or anything like that. So depending on how many Bulldogs you want to carry, that's going to be interesting. But great to see co-captains Reid Marnie and Matt Burden. Matt Burden, he's back. He had some ankle surgery, so he's been a little bit slow to come back. I think he might be running, but he definitely wasn't at scrimmage this week. And then the other one, Reid Marnie. And I've been pretty high on him because we've seen what he's done in the past. Had close to a 60 average in 2021 from memory. I looked that up in a tick. But then he kind of fell back down, especially with all the demerits that kind of ran through his game last year. And I think that has a lot to do with that first year back from that uh, shoulder injury. But given that he is a captain, I really had concerns about maybe New Brown maybe stealing some minutes of him because I see the value there, Jace, with him playing 80 minutes there. So I think uh, like kind of that eases my mind a little bit. And just back to that 2021, he averaged 61. So we know what he's got and done in the past. And I guess even though it's a COVID year back then, I guess you're probably rather see someone like himself where he's made a stack of tackles, got out of dummy half, didn't make a whole hell of a lot of tackle breaks or anything that the pace of the game's kind of, you know, uh, helped out there. So I still am, I'm very, I just want to know what his actual role, if it's an 80-minute role from round one, well, I'm pretty keen. So because there's not a lot of hookers there at the moment around that price that really excite me too much. We've got the likes of Cheese and then Aaron Clark, a little bit lower than that, but again, we just don't know. There's a little bit of volatility. Like, realistically, with cheese, I do expect a little bit of an increase, but realistically, like, how much of an upside there is he? Like, he's not the best defender, and sometimes he can be lazy from time to time. So I wouldn't mind carrying, like, a gun hooker, and I do think that Reed Marnie does fall into that category given his price. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said there, 2021, he was spectacular. And it'll be interesting to see whether going to a different club under a different coaching regime will change the way he acts in defence because he's the absolute king of the team missed tackle, as I label it, where he's the first one to contact the defender, slows him down, misses the tackle, but then a teammate wraps them up, you know, maybe a metre or two behind. So if he gets those out of his game from a fantasy and super coach perspective, he'll obviously be a much higher candidate. And in terms of Vitaly Mariner, I think the fact that he's been named club captain is obviously because he's a long-standing 
Bulldogs player having moved to the Bulldogs in a trade with Sean Lane go the other way to the Warriors and obviously didn't do much at the Warriors before heading to Manly and then doing amazingly well at the Eels last year. So I can see why they've done that from a culture perspective, but I think it does point to the fact he's probably not going to be a prominent player on the field for the 80 minutes. There's been a lot of talk that potentially he might be rolling through the middle, like starting at lock, mm. uh, or he could be on the edge, but there's a sort of a little bit of uncertainty around Fytala Mariner. So he'll be one to watch, but again, from a fantasy and probably a, a super coach perspective, he's probably going to be one you want to give three dates to before uh, jumping on the horse. Yeah, good call. Yep, and just quickly as well on the Bulldogs as well, uh, Josh Reynolds into the top 30, which I think is something everyone can get around. Yeah, absolutely. See Grubb back. You know, he's put so much into his preseason. So it'll be interesting to kind of see where he stands. Probably put a little bit of pressure on Kyle Flanagan because when you think about it, maybe the Bulldogs might be searching for something very similar to what Cronulla did, right, with the pairing of Matt Moylan and Nico Hines. If Josh Reynolds going to help just... I think the best thing that... That uh, Matt Moylan does is he helps Nico Hines control it, but when he needs to get out of the way, he gets out of the way and he lets Nico run the team. So it's one of those things, especially at the veterans class, a veteran just being able to help him just run that team and be a solid defender and be a great teammate. I don't think that they really need too much because I thought about this a little bit. I go, Kieran Foran would actually be a great partner for Matt Burden. Like, who else is on the market? And maybe Grubb might be that guy because then it makes Matt Burden maybe play like a number seven and he takes you know full control of the team. But at the same time, if he needs a rest, you've got someone experienced as Josh Reynolds who can step in and just lead the ship. So excited. That could possibly be the combination for them for the round one. Could potentially be, or we could see Carl Lopu as well start. I think he'll probably be more of a mid-season prospect, but again, it's going to be very interesting to see who gets that number seven jersey and who stays in that number seven jersey, because obviously, you know, Burton being a on-field captain for the Bulldogs and signing till 2027, he'll be there every week. But yep. uh, who's alongside him in the house remains to be seen. We're going to move to a team that we always seem to cover on Around the Traps, and it's the St. George Illawarra Dragons and TK. Uh, some... Uh, more time under the knife for Jack Bird this week. Yeah, unfortunately. At least it's not an ACL. So they're talking about, I think, a meniscus tear. So I think a little bit of just reading your notes. Meniscus injury. So they're looking at, what, four to six weeks. Like I said, at least it's not the ACL. It's had plenty of issues around there. Everyone's pretty high on Jack Bird. It's just... Where's he going to play? Because all his value at the moment is going to be around that lock area. Just seems to go from uh, worse to worse for the Dragons. You think Talatella Moan, the potential of Jaden Sullivan missing part of the preseason with his hammy injury, even though they're thinking that he will be right for probably the charity shield. But when you think about Birdie, like they don't have a hell of a lot of great players. They've got Ben Hart, Jack DeBellin, and Jack Bird as a standout, probably three players for me. And you just can't have one of your three players that you really need on the field out. So, yeah, I'm just not liking what I'm having at Dragons. Like, that would be very close to spoon favourites at the moment, Robbo. Yeah, no, I don't think it's going to look good for them. But sometimes that's worked out quite well for them. The seasons where they haven't been heavily fancied, they've come in, played some good solid footy in the first few weeks and got a few wins on the board. But this year, I mean, hey, at least I'll get two points in round two, uh, round one, considering <laughs> that they won't have an opponent. Uh, but, yeah, after that, it'll be pushing the proverbial uphill. And it was interesting looking at... Some of the quotes that were out there, and I think it was when he spoke to Nine News, uh, Worldwide of Sports, that he sort of basically implied that he was actually training at six, which is something that anyone that wanted to pick him up in fantasy, looking at him as an out-of-position centre, was probably not going to be that keen on, because at six, yeah, look, he'll make some plays, but you want him in the middle, 
you know, getting those cheap tackle bars and offloads uh, against those sort of not as quick uh, or agile middle forwards. So, yeah, probably someone that you just can't really look at unless you're playing some form of draft. Yeah, it's a very conservative approach from Hook too. We saw him kind of move into that 5-8 role last year with not, not a lot of success. Like, I think they show a better look by having him in the 13, Sullivan in the 6. Teams really haven't seen that too much of that. So I would have given that a crack, but I guess Hook's under a lot of pressure, so maybe he's just going for a conservative start to the year. Yeah, potentially, and we also found out during the week, Fox Sports reporting, that they were looking at bringing in Brody Croft, obviously the former Bronco and former Storm player, but uh, the hurdle in that one was Salford requesting a quarter of a million dollars as a transfer fee, and as at this point, the Dragons have decided not to pursue that, but uh, I guess if there's going to be more injuries in the halves, that, uh, that decision might change at any moment. Mm, for sure. I guess, you know, he's done pretty well over the, in the Super League, Brady Croft, but realistically, he's a very similar player to Ben Hunt, just without the kind of representative class. So I'm not sure what that actually, that void would fill. No, it would just be another another player on the, on the team sheet, I guess. But um, moving to our last story, and this would have been a great story to cover with Josh if he was available for this week, and it's in relation to a little bit of a social media prank from Reef Walsh during the week, TK. <laughs> yeah. So he's pranked everyone, and then... <laughs> Poor Josh, he's fallen for it. He's got the moon boot in his Instagram stories. And, yeah, my man Josh, he carried on a little bit about maybe him being out. But it's all good. While she's sweet, ready to go, he's just punked us all. So, yeah, he's he's relaxed, ready to go. If anything, he was just wearing that moon boot, and it's made him faster. So, yeah, get behind him. Yeah, uh, rumours of that being in relation to a third-party deal have not yet been confirmed. But the thing I absolutely loved about the coverage of this is every single article I saw about it had Supercoach Whisperer's tweet embedded into it. So if he hasn't gained any followers <laughs> out of it, I'll be very, very disappointed. Yeah, it was good. And maybe while she and him had an agreement, they, maybe they, yeah, they broke news together. But yeah, good on him. I love it. Well, uh, I know that Josh won't take it too seriously. If anyone's not going to take it seriously, it's going to be Josh. So he's a good sport. Yeah, absolutely. Although I'll be interesting to see if a similar prank was played during the season, how punters would take it. Because as we know, betting markets can be very fluid off the basis of social media rumours or photos like that. So uh, I'm sure someone at the Broncos has probably had a bit of a a word to Reese Walsh and gone, hey, look, that was pretty funny, but uh, you just might want to be careful about uh, who you send that message to in future. Yeah, I think so. So, um, But yes, no, he should be good to go for round one and uh, he'll be an interesting prospect in both fantasy and super coach. So that brings us to the end of the major stories for this week. We'll just go through a few minor lines uh, from the week that was. And uh, back on the Broncos track, they are taking on the winner Manly Seagulls at Kugari Oval this afternoon. So 4pm local time, 5 o'clock New South Wales time, 7 o'clock New Zealand time. In terms of the team list for the Broncos, obviously it's a lot of inexperienced or uncontracted players in there, but a few names of note. So former Dragon Tristan Saddle will be lining up a fullback, hoping to get himself at least a development deal for this year with the Broncos. Uh, Dean Mariner, who debuted last year, will be uh, named at centre. And probably the most interesting one of the players listed, TK, is Tyson Smoothie, who was the Queensland Cup Hooker of the Year. He's named up at nine and is very keen to get involved and push himself up the death chart and hooker. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting because I was reading the, the NRL Physio has a fantastic well, his version of the textbook that's come out this week as well. And he said that Blake Moser actually had a shoulder reconstruction during the preseason. So they don't really, we're not going to rush him when you think about him being physically ready. I guess the candidates are Corey Pakes, Walters, and then also Tyson Smoothie. He's got a development deal, so he won't actually be able to start at round one unless they 
they upgrade him, which they can do because they've got a couple of spots left there on their 30-man roster. But, yeah, it comes with great sort of performance there last year. Had a really high average, which I'll pull out in a sec for the Queensland Cup. Now, Robbo, you had a note on there that there's no indications if the match will be streamed. I'm just on the Broncos' Twitter now, and they're saying there's a live stream link on their page. So if you want to do that, just head over to the Brisbane Broncos' Twitter. I'm sure it'll probably be on Facebook as well, but they'll be streaming the game from 4 p.m. Queensland time. So I'm assuming that that'll be 5 p.m. here in Sydney or Australian Eastern Daylight Savings time. But, uh, yeah, that should be interesting viewing. A few good names there. Really like the look of Dean Mariner. And then, obviously, Tristan Saylor comes from huge pedigree. So it'll be interesting, you know, what they're coming back against. Winner Manly, their Queensland Cup team. So I guess it's one of those things. It's great that the footy's back. But how much do we actually take from it? Because they are playing against the reserve grade team. Just having a look at Tyson Smoothie's stats now from last year. It was quite interesting. Impressive, and he averaged last year in uh, fantasy 60 points in the Queensland Cup. So he was a goal kicker, though, which he won't be doing in the NRL, but gets through his defensive work. Great in attack, 11 try assists and 10 line break assists from his 19 games. So have a little look. Could be the first time you ever see him play, but definitely someone to keep in the black book there, Robbo. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess another point as well about Corey Pakes is he did sign a new deal keeping with the Broncos until 2025. So obviously they're holding in high regard. But uh, yeah, it's interesting to see where Smoothie ends up this year. Um, I think he'll be playing a lot of Queensland Cup, but you, know, you never know. Halfway through the season, they might need to call upon his services and he might be a nice little cashy in fantasy and super coach. Sticking on the path of trials here in southeast Queensland, the Dolphins are going to be taking on the central Queensland Capras in a trial at Gladstone tonight. So in terms of the time for that one, 7 o'clock local time, 8 o'clock in New South Wales and 10 o'clock in New Zealand. So pretty much finishes, uh, yeah, pretty much starts more or less after the Broncos trial is finished. And uh, the Dolphins had indicated earlier in the week that the trial will be live-streamed on their website. So if you jump onto their socials or onto their website, you'll be able to get a link there to watch that one. In terms of the team list, there's probably only about two or three players that are of a real interest because, again, very inexperienced team full of uh, players on team, uh, sorry, on trial trial contracts and uh, development contracts. So Valence Tavari and Isaiah Katoa are playing in this match, which again indicates that they're well down uh, the picking order for a round one start against the Roosters. Yeah, plenty of people have them in their team too. So probably a good idea is probably to take them out. And if they do end up there in round one, then you've got a surprise that's easily manageable because you can easily downgrade to them. But I've only seen highlights of both of the pair. They're both talented. And uh, yeah, it'll be great if I check it out. I'll ever check it out. I don't think I'll have time tonight, but I might have time tomorrow morning. So I'll definitely check out at least the first half of that game and just see exactly kind of how they're shaping up. I think for, for a team like the Dolphins, because it'd be just nice to see the style of footy that they want to play, because I'm sure that Wayne Bennett, even though they, he doesn't have these stars out, they'll be using... You know, the structures will be very, very similar. So it'll be interesting to see kind of if it's going to be a very forward-dominated game and kind of how they kind of line up. First game out for the Dolphins, so good luck to them. And, yeah, it's just great to have the footy back. But those two guys, highly talented guys, are looking to, yeah, see them for the first time in either a live or a replay game. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, should be good. And I think, like uh, Smoothie, they're probably prospects for later in the season. Yeah, maybe around 9 or 10, they might get a role. I think Tavare will definitely get a game at some point. And I think Katoa, my my perspective on him would be, once the Dolphins are out of finals contention, which will probably be by about round 10, I think they'll be incentivized to bring Katoa in and give him a couple of games just to... Uh, you know, get get some confidence into him that he's you know an NRL centre play because everything we've seen in the juniors, both in uh, union and in league, indicates that he's got uh, serious potential. Makes sense, yeah. Really looking forward to it. 
Now, we roll into one of our favourite players at Talking League and Ryan Madison. So he formally put the request in to try and reverse his suspension uh, from the fine that he took uh, previously. Uh, that has been rejected. So he won't be back in Parramatta Colours until round four. Yeah, yeah, I think he should have just taken the taken the money deal straight from the, the bat. Now he's going to leave. The, I think the worst thing for Parramatta is they've got to play without one of their best players for three weeks and then they're going to fit him back in. So yeah, they're going to give all these minutes to the goal likes of, like I think Hopgood will get extended minutes. You're going to get Dory get extended minutes. But then when he comes back, like what does that happen to us fantasy-wise? I don't think Hopgood's going to be too much of a concern. He might only lose maybe five, ten minutes. But Dory might go from being a starter to back to the bench or go from a starter playing close to 70, 80 minutes to maybe coming back to maybe 55, 60 minutes. So we're kind of going to lose a lot of value that way as well because Maddo's going to have to fit 60 minutes in somewhere. He's, two, he's, a, he's an origin-level player, so, and they're paying him 650k. So he's gonna he commands sixty minutes. So, yeah, that's the only other that's that's the, probably the poorest thing that Parramatta have a lot of moving parts, especially considering they've got a new hooker. They need him from round one, and I just thought it was a selfish play. And he has commented on it, and he wasn't happy about paying the money. So that was the real reason why he didn't want to do it. So if I was his teammates, I'd be filthy on him. Yeah, I mean, I did hear something, and it might have been a fan theory the back end of last year that often he starts slow in seasons anyway in terms of the minutes and outputs with you know, some of the uh, you know, sort of uh, physical conditions, yes. But, yeah, again, not too sure yeah, why he went for that decision, but he's made the decision, and the NRL said, well, you're not reversing it. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you at round four, which, uh, yeah, like you said, makes it difficult for Dory. I'd say Hopgood, you know, particularly in NRL fantasy, he's going to be that highly owned. You just need him there because he plays the first game of the season, so you know where he's going to play. Probably going to be dual position if he gets that 13 jersey. And like we said, he should do pretty well based on the fact that we've seen some uh, really good stuff from him whenever he's stepped up for the Panthers previously. Just a couple more stories to go, and we're going to head to uh, Manly, where Jason Saab has commented, uh, speaking to Fox Sports this week in an interview, he's targeting a round 10 return, which is probably a little bit earlier than we expected to see him this year, recovering from an ACL injury, which, you know, the context of Ruben Garrick, who we spoke about last week in his desires to move to the centres, that could accelerate that move. You know, in the Talking League textbook, we spoke about Garrick starting at the centres, but it does appear the mail that's come out since then is that he will be on the wing just because of the fact they've actually got some depth in the centres. Yeah, I think they've just run out of players to play on the wing. So it makes a lot of sense that maybe Garrick just fills that void until they start getting a few players back. But yeah, interesting to see how Saab comes back because he's so fast, right? The last thing we want to see, because that's his number one quality, is his speed. So hopefully he does return and returns back at full speed there too, Robbo. Yeah, and that's the thing, though. If he's going for that accelerated return, that could be uh, something to uh, keep an eye on in terms of his recovery when he comes back in. Last story that we'll have a look at this week is in relation to the North Queensland Cowboys. So Todd Payton was uh, interviewed by SEN during the week, and he mentioned that Helam Lukey is on track for a round four return, which is probably maybe a week or two earlier than we expected and would be a massive boost for the Cowboys because, as we know, with that left edge, they've lost Tom Gilbert, who used to start on that edge, to the Dolphins. Uh, Luciano Lelua is currently unavailable due to being stood down, and then obviously with the injury to Lukey, they were looking pretty bare there on that left-hand side. We're also expecting Mitch Dunn to be back around about the same time as well. So I know very early in the preseason, we're looking at him being a valid candidate for a cashier to start the season, TK. But yeah, it looks like that left edge uh, for the Cowboys is probably going to be a no-go in both fantasy and supercoach. Yeah, it's unfortunate, right? Because he did his, just having a look, he did his ACL, well, had an injury update on the 21st of March. So he did it, what, a week before that? 
against the Raiders. So he's had way more time than Lukey to actually come back. So his injury must have been really, really serious because they had the exact same injury. What an ACL. Good to see him back. But, yeah, it breaks a lot of people's heart because, you know, just projecting that left-edge role, which could be especially open before Lukey comes back and then they manage him a little bit. Could have had a possibility maybe of someone starting there for maybe six or seven rounds. Now, where do they turn to? You know, we know that Cohen Hess is, you know, training between the mid and then the edge which might be the same sort of situation as what Tom Gilbert played last year. And then maybe they bring in just a permanent left edge. They did sign Jack Guzlowski. So it wouldn't surprise me if maybe Cohen Hess starts and then Guzlowski comes off the bench and maybe plays that kind of 50-minute role. Yeah, it seems to be the way because obviously Hess has been playing lower load minutes in the last couple of years, playing through the middle. And yeah, Guzlowski could come off the bench and you know, fill in for sort of 30, 40 minutes, which yeah, I don't think makes either of those players fantasy relevant. So... That's all the minor lines for this week, and, uh, you know, it's pretty exciting. We're looking at uh, the NRL website here, and next Thursday is when the first official game of the preseason challenge starts over at Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland with the Warriors taking on the West Tigers. So by the time we come back next week, TK, there'll actually have been three trial games, and we'll actually have some real footy to comment on. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who rolls out their best teams, because a lot of teams don't roll out their true you know, top 17 until the week two. But with a number, especially with the bottom eight teams having a number of positions that they need competition for, I think a few of those teams might be rolling out better teams than expected. So, yeah, like you said, man, finally we'll get some first-grade standard because obviously today's game is probably more kind of like a reserve-grade standard. But by the next time we talk, as you said, three games, which should be great to chat about. Yeah, it will be, and uh, very exciting for anyone who lives on the Central Coast. There's actually a doubleheader, I think, on both both Fridays. So next week you'll have, I believe, it's the Bunnies taking on the Seagulls at 8 o'clock local time, and then just before that will be uh, the Knights and your Sharkies. So a little Pat versus uh, TK Derby to get the uh, Gosford doubleheader underway, which would be good. But uh, that wraps us up for this week. Uh, so, TK, again, solid performance from yourself. What's coming up on Talking League in the coming week? Thanks, Jace. You too, buddy. Now, textbook time. Now, what we're going to be doing for the next seven days, we're going to be upping our percentage to Bowel Cancer Australia. So we're going to go from 20 to 50%. So a full 10 bucks will be going from textbook sales for this week for the full seven days to Bowel Cancer Australia. So if you're on the fence about getting the textbook or you're actually going to purchase it this week, you're going to be making a solid contribution to Bowel Cancer Australia. So just jump on the website, talkingleaguepod.com. If you have any troubles finding it, just hit us up on the social media or send us an email at info at talkingleaguepod.com. In terms of the podcast, exciting for this week, our clubs that we're going to be previewing, Titans, Storm and Dolphins, which will mean we're up to 16 teams. And then we've got your final podcast coming up next week there, Robbo, with the Manly Sea Eagles. In terms of Monday, Team Doctor, we've got a bit of a, we've got a solid star. We've got a night, the 1999 Melbourne Storm Premiership winner, Tony Martin. He's a madman when it comes to his fantasy league, and he'll be joining us. So a bit of, bit of royalty joining us, a Premiership winner. So it'll be good to get his thoughts about the season and where his fantasy team lies. Q&A will switch to Thursday, and Jakey and the boys will be taking over that from the next three weeks. So that's going to be a little bit later. It's 8.30 New South Wales time, 7.30 Queensland time. So that will be shifting now to a Thursday for the next three weeks because the boys have a bit of cricket and some other touch rugby league and all sorts of stuff. So jump in there. It's getting pretty popular. Down to the business end, but Robbo, you, mate, it's going to be it's going to be great to chat next week because we're going to have those games under our belts and we're going to have probably a little bit more... You know, rumours about, like, who's training the house down and who's training in scrimmage. So I think next week could be a bumper episode. 
Yeah, it certainly will be. And I think the Q&A will be as well, because, of course, that'll come basically half an hour after that first trial match uh, in New Zealand gets underway, which I don't know whether the boys will have much of an opportunity to watch that one. But uh, nonetheless, I'm sure there'll be plenty of commentary from the punters in the live chat. So plenty to look forward to uh, this week on Talking League and Supercoach Whisperer uh, with the Dual Position Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next week.